95. Pulse 95 Live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Centre Sharjah. Hello, good evening. Welcome back into the Sharjah Expo Centre for a live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And I know all of you are anxiously waiting for the evening sessions to kick off. And amongst them is our friend of the show, friend of the station, friend of the Emirates for sure. It is Mm. Mr. Chris Gardner. Welcome back to Sharjah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely honored to be here with you. I was expecting you to be wearing a kandora because I know you just went for a, a stitching one to get a personal one. What, what happened well, there? Oh, look, let's just be patient. Give the guy some time. I just took the, the measurements yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, next time you'll next, see. Next time we'll see for sure. Now, it's such a true delight for all three of us to be welcoming mm-hmm. you in our studios. I love the fact that you've got this hashtag going, permission to dream. Mm. Talk to us a little bit more about that because it's all about resilience and, you know, you know, if most people are not aware of what we're talking about, we're talking about pursuit of happiness as writer, we've got the author, entrepreneur, Chris Gardner joining us. Talk to us about this permission to dream and start where you are. Well, first of all, I have to say I'm absolutely honored to have been invited again to be here. Mm at home in Sharjah. When I am in Dubai, I'm working. Abu Dhabi, I'm working. Riyadh, I'm working. When I come to Sharjah, I'm home. It's a whole different sensation, man. So, Mm -hmm. and by the way, uh, you mentioned The Pursuit of Happiness. Some people are not aware that book was published last year in Arabic for the very first time by Kalimat here in Sharjah. So that's a real big to do. And the the new book, Permission to Dream, man, I've got to tell you, a couple of things that happened with that book that were totally unexpected. Uh, number one, it was selected by the Wall Street Journal as Book of the Month. Uh, number two, I recorded the book in my own voice for the very first time. I will never, ever try something like that again. <laughs> ever. But, you, got uh, the, you got the voice for it. Man, though. look, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the cool thing is uh, the book's been submitted for Grammy consideration, wow. okay. the audio version. So mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. And to top it off, to be here in Sharjah at the largest book fair in the world. Mm-hmm. Really? No exaggeration. <laughs> Having you here is an honor. No, man, let me tell you something. Will Smith has got his new book out. He's in Chicago, L.A., wherever. Man, I'm at the biggest book show in the world. Sharjah, mm. where you have to be. Where you have to be if you're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. So, I'm honored to be here with all of you. Thank Likewise, you very much. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, uh, it's weird. It's I got to say, it's weird for me personally because I watched your film many, many years ago when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like gone full circle. I'm meeting the man behind the story. Mm. You know, and looking back at that film, I wanted to personally ask you, is there something you feel that could be a little bit, you know, there could be told more from what people see in that film? Something that you feel maybe over the years can be interpreted a bit differently? Well, you know, a couple of things. Number one, uh, one of the major differences between reality and film. In the film, Jane Smith plays my son as a five-year-old. They did that for the dialogue between the characters. Mm-hmm. At this point in our journey, my son was 14 months old. Mm-hmm. He was still in diapers. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. Yeah. Okay? And number one, A, that film is probably more relevant today than when it was initially released. Mm -hmm. 
I say that because of everything that's happened in the last 18 months, people around the world are all having their own pursuit of happiness experiences. Mm -hmm. So many people have found themselves in positions that they never thought they'd be in and that they never chose. Mm -hmm. But we still got to go forward. Yeah, absolutely, especially the word you just said, chose. Mm. And I realize that that is one of the main themes of your book, Pursuit of Happiness. And more often than not, you're put in situations where you cannot choose. What do you do then? What is the idea there when you're basically, lots of things are thrown into your, in your course, those obstacles, uh, mm. unexpected obstacles. Mm. Where do you get the power to choose? First of all, let's back up. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. When you said uh, there are no options and things get thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in this point now, all of us globally, where we've all had to make what I call a hard pivot. Mm-hmm. And a hard pivot being defined simply as something you would have never chosen, but you still got to make it work. Mm-hmm. Probably like some of you in this room and people out there listening, I get to check a lot of boxes on that hard pivot checklist. Abandoned child, foster care, mom in prison, never met my father, domestic violence survivor, sexual assault survivor, never went to college, veteran, single parent, homeless, entrepreneur, and black. Mm. And I said black last because I got this free. (laughs) 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 This was a gift, right? (laughs) And my point is, all of those things, none of which I chose, and some things that there are other hard pivots that some of us have had to make in our lives. Mm-hmm. It could have been the loss of a job, the ending of a relationship, mm-hmm. a medical challenge or issue, the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. But you got to make that hard pivot. And then, to your point, honestly, you have to take a lot of baby steps. Mm. Yeah. That's very important what you just oh. said, baby steps. Oh, and that is the hardest thing in oh, the yeah. world because a lot of us, we want to go like this. Yeah. Okay. Right? You go like that when there's no obstacles, no challenges, no roadblocks, nothing's mm-hmm. in the way. You go like that. You got to take the baby steps sometimes when you don't know. Oh, we can't. We can't help it. You know, we we, we live in a world of instant gratification. Amazon Express delivery, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix stream shows. Mm-hmm. It's almost. It becomes conditioned. It becomes mm-hmm. conditioned in our system where it's like oh, I just. I want to be successful. I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know. But they don't realize that there's a there's a certain patience there's to it. There's a process. Process. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. Yeah. And you have to think of time differently. And you have to think of time as being the ultimate asset, okay? Yes, you want that package that you got from Amazon. You want it now. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, the most important things that you need and want in your life, they often take a lot of time, Mm -hmm. right? Can we say that, sorry to cut you off, but can we say that before you, there's one point you said that looking at time Oh, Can man. we use it as a tool? Because we always hear that time heals. But like Mikhail said, sometimes time it takes too long. So well, how do you make that compromise? You have to be conscious of the fact of love. Mm-hmm. 2020, if it didn't teach any of us anything, it taught all of us that none of us knows how much time we've got left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Period. End of story. 
And, and how was the pandemic for you, personally? I had to learn, man. Yeah. I had to learn. Let, let me just talk about that just a little bit. The pandemic. <clears throat> I'll never forget the last live speech I did in America. It was February 12th, 2020 at the United Nations. The United Nations was beginning to address this issue of how do we end global homelessness? That's a big, big, big question. I got to speak last. And my point was, before we can even begin to attempt to answer that question, we've got to expand the definition of who is at risk of becoming homeless to include working women. Working women who are already paid less than their male colleagues all around the world and they live with a very quiet fear. And the quiet fear is, what if something happens? Mm -hmm. What if I lose my job? What if my husband loses his job? What if there's some economic gyration that occurs someplace anywhere around the world that has nothing to do with me, but suddenly we're all at risk? My point is, it was February 12th, 2020, COVID-19 was already here. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know his name. True. That's very, very true. Right? It was already here. So I think we've all learned some things in the last 18 months that honestly are going to be a part of us for the rest of our lives. Definitely is. Mm -hmm. Right. I've got to touch upon this aspect of, you know, you know you're know, renowned across the world mm -hmm. for being this motivator, this this person who's mm -hmm. in, gone through a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, um, was there a moment, despite having you know gone through that and becoming an entrepreneur, that you felt alone at times like oh man. absolutely like, oh you know, are you kidding me so down that you know. oh man are you kidding me <laughs> but you got to keep in mind yeah i had a 14 month old baby boy and he had nobody but me mm. and i was always mindful of something my mother used to say to me when i was a little boy which was son the cavalry is not coming oh. mm. hmm? Very ain't no backup yeah. This is on you. But that's uh, that adds more pressure. Should you? Well, if you well no, no. You you have to own that. Yeah. Okay, it's more pressure, but you have to own that. You can't change something until you own it. I don't know if you saw the film, The Pursuit of Happiness, but mm -hmm. if you did, there's a scene in the film where my son and I we had to spend the night in this toilet at a train station. Yeah. Too many nights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there were times in that train station. I had to wash my little boy up in the sink and I had to look at that mirror in the sink and ask myself some very hard questions. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? What's going to happen next? The hardest question I had to ask and answer every day was, how did I get here? Mm. And the answer was brutal. The answer was, I drove here. Yeah. Mm. I had something to do with the situations and circumstances that had become my life. But that, sir, was the key. Because the second I said, I drove here, I knew, whoa. Well, if I drove here, I can drive out of here. Mm. You can't change something until you own it. Mm. And I know a lot of people out there right now are saying, well, I didn't choose this. I, I didn't drive here. Well, that's not going to change the fact that you cannot change something until you own it. Exactly. Own up to it, yeah. yeah? Right. And I will submit to you that all of us in this, this family called humanity, I will never forget my last conversation with my dear friend, Dr. Maya Angelou. We were talking about struggle 
and I'll never forget her saying to me that we have the people for this mountain. And we must all be mindful that there were people who came before us who came up the steeper side of this mountain carrying a bigger and heavier load with little to no opportunity, but they kept going forward, forward, and upwards. Mm -hmm. And still I rise. Standing your right? But now it's our turn. And that's the most important message. I'd like to touch upon your participation at the, at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Mm. You know, as you said, this is home for you. You've, mm. you. you've been coming here almost every year now. Um, talk to us about uh, what, what's in store for your session tonight. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm just glad to be here, man. Yeah. And you know what, look. Now, the truth of the matter is, again, this is my third trip to the UAE in five weeks. Amazing. Right? So, so I commute. Yeah. All right? So, again, to, to be here, to have been invited, to be a part of, again, think about this, the biggest book show in the world. Mm. Not in the UAE, not in the Middle East, not in Europe, and the whole world is happening right here in Sharjah. That directly ties into this whole idea of my new book, Permission to Dream. Mm. At some point, someone had a dream that this is going to be the biggest book show in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they made it happen. It's amazing, isn't it? And I think I know who that person was. <laughs> <laughs> and how has he like to interact with him? You've interacted with him a few times as well. And, you know, how, what, you know what have you talked about in terms of you know, seeing this all grow and you know the dream that he's seen but you know what the only thing that goes to my mind right now honestly how are we going to do it bigger next year yeah mm. whoa okay now once you you done it right <laughs> right once you set the stage the rest of the world and now you're on the radar for real yeah and some people are going to be saying hey wait a minute we can't let that happen but now you got to do it again Go do it again. Mm -hmm. All right. So what's coming up next for you now? After you've done the permission mm -hmm. to dream, where, where do we see you going? You, you know what I'm doing right now? The most important thing I'm doing with my life right now is spending as much time as I possibly can with young people globally. Mm -hmm. I am doing a tour that initially was going to have me speak at 1,000 schools. 1,000 schools. High schoolers, middle schoolers, and elementary schoolers. And talking to these young people about the three most important decisions I ever made in my life, all of which I made at their age or younger. For instance, I made the most important decision I ever made in my life as a five-year-old boy. Growing up without a father, I made the decision when I grew up, become a man and have children, my children are going to know who their father is. That singularly is the most important decision I've ever made in my life because that didn't just change my life. That changed the lives of my yet-to-have-been-born children and my grandchild. That one decision had generational impact. Mm. Now that, that's global. That's, that's not an American thing, that's a global mm. thing, okay? Yeah. So my point is, I initially said I was gonna do a thousand schools. You know what's on the table right now? What's being discussed? Doing one million schools. That's a permission Ooh, to dream. Permission <laughs> to dream, right? One million schools all around the world. And this is where I get to put a dent in the universe mm -hmm. by helping to change the trajectory of some young people's lives. Amazing. Absolutely, especially what you said that you had when you said you made 
a uh, generational decision mm. because it's very often we hear about generational trauma and how it's passed on, on and on and on. Absolutely. And uh, more often than not, if somebody does not break it within that same chain, uh, within that same link, it's very important to have somebody like you, for example, to come in and say, hey, you can do it and this is how it can be done. And it can be done. When I made the decision to break that one link in that cycle, that chain of cycles that plagued my family, breaking that one link of child abandonment allowed me to break all the associated links, including child abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, illiteracy, fear, powerlessness, and generational poverty. Mm. Right? To the point now that I have something called a grandbaby, a grandchild. And for her, there are no more cycles to be broken. That's a blessed thing oh, to Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? She is. I keep saying this little girl. She's not a little girl. She's 13. She keeps reminding me. I'm a young lady. I'm not a little girl. Mm-hmm. Right? But to have broken those cycles and setting the table for her and giving her permission to drink. That's nice. A beautiful thing. Oh man, let me tell you one little quick story about the book. Yeah. Permission to Dream. That book was written because of a conversation I had with my granddaughter about what can be done. Mm. And I will never forget um, five, six years ago, she was nine years old at that time, eight. I was on the way to Malaysia and I got a phone call from my granddaughter. And I make him hold the plane. This is my granddaughter, hold the plane, right? She calls me up and says to me, Papa, I want you to call the President of the United States and tell him I'm coming to the White House. <laughs> and I want to take a picture sit at the big desk. Yeah. Whoa. That's a powerful dream. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, right? <laughs> so the cool thing about getting to your 60s, man, is you're old enough to know better but you're still young enough to say, why not? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I make the call. And the next thing you know, there's my baby sitting at the desk of the president of the United States. Amazing. And let's be clear, we make sure we're talking about President Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know some people go, oh. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Very powerful conversation mm. that we've just had with Chris mm. Gardner. I'm going to leave you with one question. Mm. When I was... Um, uh, telling my wife that I'm going to be interviewing you today mm. and she's like oh he's the guy who's uh, made the film or written the film that made everyone cry mm. and I'm sure everyone's asked you this question before mm. what was your thoughts when you watched the movie did, how much did it oh, impact you man let me tell you something anytime I see any piece of it it's a different movie for me yeah. because when you're watching it you're seeing that one moment the director is trying to capture that day yeah when I see it I see the rest of the day, mm-hmm. right? I see the 360, Yeah. right? I, I see that. And um, there was one question a lot of people asked me about the, the film. A lot of young people asked me, very important question, little girl, never forget her. Her name was Sophia. And she wanted to know, Mr. Gardner, in the movie, when your little boy lost his, his toy, his Captain America, did he ever get it back? Wow. You know what she's really asking me? Tell me it's going to be okay. Mm. Tell me we're going to get it back. Mm -hmm. 
And I had to say to her, yes. I had to give her permission to drink. Exactly. Wow. Yes, we're going to get it back. But this time, hopefully, we've learned something. And For we'll sure. get it back better. Yeah. Yeah. You being here and the 40th edition of the Shark International uh, Book Fair has proved that no dream is too big. Yeah. No, 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 man. And 40 years, 40 years to the top. That goes back to something you were mentioning earlier. We want it like right now. We yeah. want that package today. We want success <laughs> today. Can I say one thing here? It ain't go happen, player. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to leave this conversation. Chris Garner, such a pleasure speaking to oh, you. And we man. want you here next time in a condor. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Guys, Thank you, man. keep listening to Pulse95. We'll continue the live broadcast from the Sharjah International Book Fair. You're listening to our dedicated evening karak with the evening <laughs> majlis. <Yeah. laughs>